church today. Can we give God all the praise and glory today? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so glad that you're here, and a big hello, too, to everybody who's online with us. Uh, we know so many people watch online, maybe watch after the service, or you're watching live right now, and we just want to say welcome to our church. Welcome to City Hope. We're so glad you're, you're with us today, and room full of people today. Just want to say hello, so come on. Can we welcome everybody on the other side of the cameras? Glad you're with us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, w- I want to just get um, a couple things, uh, just talk about a couple things before we get into the message today, some things that are coming up. And you heard some of this already in the news video, uh, of course, about small groups that are launching next week, uh, but they're open today. You can go ahead and, and uh, browse the directory. There's even an insert in your worship guide. You can look at those. There'll be more groups, I'm sure, added this week. The marriage conference is coming up. Come on, marriage conference is going to be good. It's not just for... hey. It's not just for bad marriages. It's for anyone who wants a better marriage. Come on, somebody. Like just, you, you, it's, all about, it's all about perception, right? It's, it's about making a better marriage, and I need a better marriage. I don't know about y'all. I need a better marriage. We all need a better, better marriage. So, but also, 21 days of prayer. We're in day 15. We're coming into the home stretch, everybody. Day 15, final week of of. 21 days of prayer, and it has been incredible. God's been moving. Lives have been changed. Um, and and I'm, I'm so proud of you guys just for showing up to that. And if you've not been able to be a part of that yet, um, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., be here. And for those of you who have been, been showing up and you're tired, listen, Galatians says, don't grow weary in doing good. Because at the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So come on, let's keep pushing on. Let's keep pressing in. God's working. God's moving, and on Saturday, it ends Saturday at 10 o'clock, and uh, right after that, you can find me at the Pancake Festival, everybody. <laughs> Just telling you, that's where I'll be. All right, and then, and then, of course, next Sunday, we're not just changing some times, but we're adding a service time. We've got, we're, we're moving 8.30 to 8.15, 10 a.m. is going to stay the same, 11.45, and then we're adding a 4.30 service to God be the glory. This is incredible what God's doing. And I know last week I stood up here and I, I just asked who would move to the 8.30 service, and a bunch of them did. That service was packed out this morning. And look, there's, there's a little bit of room today, but we're already packing this one out again. Come on. God is good. He's, he's moving in our church, and that's why we just need to make room. We need to make room. We need to add a service, kind of give opportunity for people to sleep in. Come on, don't you want to sleep in on a Sunday morning sometimes? Just go to church on Sunday night. You know, maybe the Cowboys have an early game. You just go on Sunday evening. You, you don't have to miss church. You still get to go. You want to spend time in the, in the deer stand early on? Come to 4.30, right? It's the best of both worlds. All right. So we're, we're adding service times, and we're ready for that. I'm excited about this new season that we're in, and I want to give you a little bit of vision on this new service time because we've been working hard. We've been planning. We've been preparing. We've been praying. Our team's been working for months to do this, and so we're, here we are. 
starting next Sunday, adding that service. And everything about that service is going to be the same as it would be on a Sunday morning. So it's, there's going to be parking. Which, By the way, I know there was traffic jams getting in here today. Come on, that's why we're changing the service times, everybody. We, we just, we've got to make room. But everything's going to be the same. Parking, we're going to have parking teams, greeting teams, ushers, fresh coffee. It's not going to be leftover from the morning if we get a fresh coffee. Um, it, it's going to be live worship, production. Everything is going to be the same on Sunday night with one minor exception, and that is that I personally won't be delivering the message. And I say it's minor because it's just me, all right? It's just me. And, uh, and so I know some of you are thinking, well, if it's going to be video, I'll just stay at home and watch it on video then. I don't, if it's going to be video, I'll just, I'll just watch it from home. And I, I hear what you're saying, but most of you are watching the screen behind me right now anyway. So you're watching video already. Come on. Right? I, in fact, every week there are people on the front row who watch the screen and they don't watch me. Every week. One statistic shows that seven, it's actually 95% of people seven rows back don't even don't even look at the person speaking. They look on the screen. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do a video campus is what we're calling it. But I want to give you vision why. Because I know some of you are like, well, man, you, you, you can do it, Pastor Ben. We, we, we believe in you. We, we can do it. Or I'll stay at home. And, and listen, if you stay at home, and even to those of you streaming right now, uh, you can watch it from home. You 100% can watch it from home. But what you cannot get from home is you can't get a high five at the front door. You can't get somebody sitting next to you. You can't get corporate worship in an environment like this. You can't get a prayer team member at the front at the end of the service. You can't get your kids checked into city kids where they can learn the Bible in an age-appropriate manner. Come on, somebody. You can do a lot of things at home, but you can't do that at home. You, you need to be in the house of God. And so, so yes, um, we're, we're doing a video campus, but here's... Here's a couple thoughts that I had this week. Um, we live in a technological age, don't we? Technological age, we're always watching video. We're, in fact, some, I got some statistics this week. Check this out. Uh, over 10 billion Snapchat videos are watched every day. We are, we are some technology, some video-consuming people. 10 billion a day, not a year, a day. 500 million videos are watched on Facebook every day. Listen to this. One billion hours of YouTube content is streamed every single day. One billion hours. Do you know how many years that is? If my, I'm not a mathematician or a math magician. I'm not either. I can't, do, I can't pull numbers out of a hat. I don't know how to do that. But if my math was right, that's 114,000 years that are watched every day. We're just glued to the devices. And so, so somebody says, well, Pastor Ben, can't you just preach that service live? Can't you just do one more service? I mean, what's it, what's it can't be that bad? What's it going to hurt? I mean, surely you can just preach one more time. And the answer is, yes, I could. I could. It is doable, but it's just not sustainable. Y'all hear me out now. It's doable. It's just not sustainable. And, um, and, and so what my goal is, what I want to do is I, w- I want to play the long game. I want to be your pastor for a really, really, really long time. We're not part of a denomination that I'm trying to climb the ladder and get some corporate job somewhere. I- I'm not doing that. There's no other church that I want to go to, no other, no other city that I want to raise my kids in. God called us to Wichita Falls to plant this church, and I'm going to be the pastor here until I retire. 
Y'all can't run me out of town. I'm just telling you right now. Can't run me out. You got me. You got me. And somebody in the prayer room earlier said, well, we wouldn't even let you leave if you wanted to. I said, it's, it feels nice to be wanted. <laughs> feels nice to be wanted. So it may be doable, but it's not sustainable. And, and what I've done over the, over the years is I've, I've invited people into my life, some pastors, some, some coaches, some mentors in my life who... Um, they mean a lot to me, and I value what they say. And so I've given these people permission in my life uh, to, to be a voice in my life so they can speak into my life. I've given them permission to, to have a vote in my life. They can, they can kind of say, man, I, you do what you want, but here's my vote. But then I've given some people the power to have veto in my life, veto power. You know what that is, don't you? It's when they say, you ain't doing that, right? And, and one of my mentors two weeks ago said, Ben, if you preach four services, I will take you out back. That's what he told me. And why did he tell me that? Because he, he has five services at his church, and he said, I tried four. He said, it's not sustainable. You'll burn out. It'll wear you out. Let three be your limit. And so that's the, that's the advice and the wisdom that I'm following. I'm, I'm, I, I admire these men, and I'm letting them speak into my life. I might as well listen to what they have to say. Come on, everybody. And so I'm going to limit myself, kind of govern myself to three services a weekend. And, um, and I can't preach four every single week on a continual basis. But here's what I can do. All right? Here's what I can do. I can, raise, I can, I can develop our team. I can lead our team in a way where you, you won't even miss me at a 430 service. Come on. We, we're going to treat it as a campus. So everything's going to be live except the service. The video is going to be, the message will be video. I can, I can raise up leaders. I can develop leaders. I can preach my heart out three times on a Sunday morning. We can show that video on a Sunday night. And here's what we can do because it's a campus, video campus. We're going to send the best of the best to be the campus pastor at that service. We're sending Pastor Caleb Sal. He's going to be the campus pastor for that 430 service. Going to be leading it, going to be pastoring it, going to be raising up people. It's going to be awesome. And so I, I'm pumped. I'm excited about what God's doing. He's moving. He's, he's changing lives. He's doing something great in our church. And I just want us to be ready for what he's doing. I, I, and I want to praise you for a second. I want to thank you for just a moment because you always run the play. Whatever we call, whatever we, whatever we do, you're there. You show up at 21 Days of Prayer. You show up at First Wednesdays. You show up at First Saturday Serves. And, and you're always there. And, and I don't think this is going to be any different. I think you're going to run this play too. And I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for being wholeheartedly bought in to what God is doing here. Come on. Can we just give God praise for what he's doing? Amen. It's awesome to see. So I want to welcome you to week four of the series we're in hey, called Hey, Ben. Hey, uh, hey, did anybody ever tell you, man, you are a great preacher. I don't know if anybody ever told you that. I hope you know that. Well, man, I appreciate that, but it's kind of rude to interrupt me like this. Well, hey, I, I mean, you were just talking about how um, that you, you, you were so sold out on video that you thought, um, you know, you, you, you're so out. proud Come of it, right? I mean, you were talking about how amazing it's going to be, how great it's going to be, and I just figured if, if it's going to be that great, then, then I can take it from here. I'll just preach on video today. How about that? I mean, if you, if you want to, but no pressure. Don't feel obligated. Well, hey, listen, I've got it. I don't want you to worry about it. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. I can do this. I, I, I know you're a great preacher. I'm a great preacher too, so I think, we can, I, think I can do this, all right? All right you just all right, go okay. sit down, and I got it from here, all right? All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, so I'm sorry, sorry about the interruption. As I was, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Um, welcome to week four of our, the series that we're in called My Church. And, and I, I do want to take just a moment and just tell you that I believe so strongly in what we're doing in, in this video campus that I'm willing to let it happen on a Sunday morning too. I just believe it's going to revolutionize the direction for our church and where we're headed for our church. And by the way, we'll be able to reach more people than ever as we launch campuses because guess what? I can't be everywhere, but we, get, we got video. We got that miracle of technology. So, so glad that you're with us. And we're in, we're in part four of my church. And really the idea behind this series is um, it comes from our theme verse in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, oh, let me skip ahead here. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that says, I will build my church. I'm going to build my church. And I've been just thinking about this scripture that I, I love that Jesus calls it his church. But I also have been leaning into this idea that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I've just been thinking about what kind of church would the gates of hell not be able to prevail against? And over the last few weeks, we've talked about how the gates of hell can't prevail against a church that is in pursuit of God. A church that, I, I think a church that is passionately in love with God. A church that is after all that God has for, for them. But also week two, we talked about a church that's passionate about God. And we said, hey, we're not going to praise some football team more than we praise our God. He's worthy of praise. He deserves all the praise, all the worship, all the glory. And so we're passionate about him. Last week, we, we talked on the tree of life. And I think this is one of the most important messages um, in this whole series. is just learning how to live in the tree of life rather than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So let's not live out of duty. Let's live out of delight. Amen, everybody? And so I, today, though, I want to I take us on a new journey. And I, I want to talk about a church that the gates of hell won't prevail against, okay? The church the gates of hell can't prevail against is a church that is built on the Word of God, built on the Holy Bible. And this is my Bible when I was, uh, when I was a teenager. I remember going to the Christian bookstore and buying this Bible, and uh, it's full of highlights. It's full of, 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 of pages that are wrinkled and and faded uh, uh, pages and little notes in there, here and there. And, and I've had this for years. I've had this for years. I've, I have fallen in love with the Word of God. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to go deep today in our message. In fact, I'm just going to scratch the surface. Just, to, just scratch the surface about the Word of God. Because in the, in the month of March, we're going to uh, do a series called The Holy Bible. And we're going to do a deep dive into the Holy Bible. How, how authentic is the Holy Bible? Where did it come from? How did we get it? We're going to learn all about the Holy Scriptures. And we're, we're, going to, we're going to grow like never before. We're going to fall in love with the Holy Bible all over again. Amen? So today, I, I really just want to give you just a, enough to whet your appetite. Just enough to kind of stir you up and to kind of just put a little, little fire in you. Just inspire you to get into the Word of God. So, um, so when I was, when I was a, uh, a kid, I grew up in church my whole life. I don't, I don't remember ever a day when I wasn't in church. And um, my mom took us, my dad took us. We, we grew up there every single day. Sunday morning, we went to Sunday morning Sunday school. We went to Sunday morning service. We went to Sunday night service. Come on, somebody. We went to, uh, we went to Wednesday night. We had revivals. 
Man, we had multi-week revivals. There was one revival in my home church that lasted for seven weeks. 49 days. Come on. 49 days. We in church every single day. It was a move of God. It was powerful. And so I grew up knowing all the Bible stories. I, I knew about David and Goliath. I knew about Saul and turning his name to Paul. I knew all of the Bible stories. And, and so I, 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 um, I grew up knowing all of that stuff. But when I became a teenager, 13, 14 years old, I felt the call of God on my life. I, I believed that he was calling me into ministry. And I didn't know what that looked like. Uh, I just knew uh, I was called to preach. Come on, somebody. That's what we said back in those days. I was called to preach, brother. And I, 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 uh, I remember saying it in front of everybody. He's felt the call, everybody. Brother Ben, young Ben down here, he's felt the call. And I remember just, I didn't know what that meant. I thought preachers just ate fried chicken, played golf all the time. And I, I didn't know what it meant. But I, I felt that call. So after I graduated high school, I went to Bible college. Well, because I grew up in church and I knew the Bible stories, I thought going into Bible school, I'm going to be a little bit above everybody else. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I'm past the elementary stages and I'm, I'm ready for the meat. Come on. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to get in deep into the word. And so I go into Bible college thinking, I've got this. First, first day of theology class. I go into theology thinking, man, I'm ready for... Theology 2801. Come on, I don't need this Theology 101. I'm, I'm ready for the big stuff. I get into Theology 101, and my professor, Dr. Martin, gives us a pop quiz day one. And I was like, I got this. I mean, it's just true or false. True or false statements. Statements like this. True or false, Noah was a woman. Come on, I, I grew up in church. False, man. He, he was a man. He was a dude. He had kids. Bible says so. I know. Well, going to the next question, true or false, um, there was three wise men. I was like, true. I know what the Bible says. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, baby. I, I know. <laughs> going to the next, the next statement, he says, true or false, there were 120 people in the upper room. Got it. I know that. Next question, 666 is the mark of the beast. Yeah, of course it is. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I know the mark of the beast. I know. So I, 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 we do this whole pop quiz, and, and then he says, all right, let's go over the answers. And pandemonium is about to break out because he says, all right, let's go over the first one. Noah was a woman. And we're all like, false. He's like, true. We're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about, professor. You don't know. Noah was a man. He says, no, Noah was a woman. What are you talking about? He says, well, there's two Noahs in the Bible, and you didn't ask me which Noah I was talking about. But like, yeah, but, but we know there were three wise men because they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He says, no, no, go, go read your Bible. We're all frantically trying to find it. And he's like, it, it says the wise men. It never says three wise men. But, but we believed growing up because of the we three kings and all of those stories that there were three wise men. And then we're like, but, but for sure, we know what Acts chapter 2 says. Acts chapter 2 says there were 120 people in the upper room. And he says... No, it says there were about 120 people in the upper. I was like, come on, man. About 120 people? And then 666 is the mark of the beast. I know what the Bible says, Dr. Martin. His name was Doc Martin. Like the shoots. No, 666 is not the mark of the beast. 
It's the number of the beast. <laughs> and what Dr. Martin was trying to do, I think, what he was trying to do is he was trying to show us, hey, you don't know everything there is to know about the Word of God, which is why you need to build your life on the Word of God. Because you, you can't just go through life thinking that you... I, I read a couple pages here and there. No, you need to build your life on the Word of God. And so what I want to do is I, I want to I just ask the question, why should I build my life on the Word of God? Like, why should I do this? And, and it's two reasons why. It's, uh, in, in 2 Timothy and Hebrews, 2 Timothy says... Uh, that we ought to build our lives on the Word of God because all Scripture is God-breathed. Come on, it wasn't just written happen by happenstance. It wasn't just written by, some, by, by a bunch of, a, a collection of all of these weirdos who just randomly put all their... No, no, no. It was God-breathed, and we need to build our life on it because it is useful for us, everybody. Like God, God breathed it. He put it in, into our lives so that it could teach us, it could rebuke us. We don't like to get rebuked, but how many of us, and we, we need to be rebuked every once in a while, uh, correcting us and training us in righteousness. I need to build my life on the word of God so that, so that I can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many of you want to be equipped for every good work, just everything that God has for you? Well, it starts with building our lives on the Word of God. And Hebrews says it this way. It says in, in chapter 4, verse 12, that the Word of God is alive. So this isn't just a, uh, just a book that was authored in, you know, thousands of years ago, and, and it's good for knowledge, and it's got some history in there. And No, it's alive. It's working today. It's moving on our behalf. It, it keeps up from generation to generation. It never falters. It never fails. It is living. And it says that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. Did you know that the, the, the Bible describes the Word of God? Ephesians says that it is the sword of the Spirit. It's the only offensive weapon that we have. So if Satan can get you to doubt the word of God, then he, he, he knocks the sword out of your hand. You have nothing to defend yourself. You've got nothing to go on the offensive with. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit. So soul is the mind, will, and the emotions, right? So it divides your mind, will, and emotions from your spirit man. It gives you the ability to see things you couldn't see. It judges the, the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. And this is so important. I think what my professor was trying to, trying to help us see is that we need to build our lives on the Word of God. Like we can't just read it. We need to let it read us. We need it to, we need it to speak to us. We need, to, we need it to lead us. Listen, this book, the Holy Bible... There's no other words like it. There's no other book like this book in all of creation. It's our playbook. It's our manual. It's what we live by. It is the standard for our lives. And we will build our lives on the word of God because it generates life. It, it generates faith. It produces change in us. It's a weapon against the devil. It's a weapon against the enemy. And by the way, that's why he hates it. So the first, th first words out of his mouth were, did God really say? Some of the first words he ever spoke to Eve, did, did God really say? And if he can get us to doubt God's word, he gets us to doubt God. 
He hates the word of God. But the word of God imparts joy, hope, peace. The word of God gives me direction. It defeats temptation. It's, it's the victory that I get to claim in my life every single day. And D.L. Moody said it this way. He said, the Bible was not given just to increase our knowledge, not just a book to read, not just something that we can do. No, it was to totally change our lives. The word of God to totally change our lives. And so what I want to do is take a couple minutes and I want to go through um, Psalm 19. It's a Psalm of David. And in this Psalm, I love this Psalm, he, he describes the word of God. And then for every description of the word of God, he says there's a benefit to this. If we'll, if we'll lean into the word of God, it can produce something in our lives. And so David, King David, in Psalm 19, he says that the law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes my soul. So the law of the Lord, it's, it's perfect. What does it do? If I lean into the word of God, if I build my life on the word of God, what will it do? It will refresh my soul. You might say it this way, the perfect law of the Lord refreshes my soul. Oh, come on, somebody. I mean, it's just, a, it's the perfect law. And by the way, you can't amend the word of God, right? You, I, rem I remember growing up in school, and, and there were some people in my high school that um, they were King James only people, King James only, and they were serious about it. In fact, um, I learned later on that their church that they went to burned Bibles, legit, burned anything that was not a King James Bible. And I remember one day I, I was carrying this Bible to school. I, I took it to school every day. And this one guy comes up to me. He says, that King James? I said, no. He said, you go to hell for reading that thing. And I said, I said man, what, what are you talking about? He and we had this conversation, and it just kind of dawned on me. And I said, well, I said, well, if that's true, what about the Portuguese? He said, what about them? I said, well, they don't have the King James Bible. And he said, well, I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. It's only good for America. If Americans don't read the King James, then you're, we're all doomed. But the rest of the world that doesn't have King James, it's okay, right? So, but, but you can't, you can't adjust the word of God. You can't amend it. You can't, you can't just make it what we want it to say. No, it's perfect in every way. Watch this. The, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. The word of God, that's the statutes. And you can trust it. You can bank on it. You can, you, you can depend upon the word of God. And what happens when you lean into the word of God, when you build your life on it, it makes you wise. I, I need some wisdom in my life. Oh, I, I need some help in my life. What about this? Um, the precepts of the Lord. Precepts is just another word for ordinances, commands. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a virtue. It's a, it's a way to live. It's something that the Lord's asking us to do. It's right. It's the right thing to do. And when we do what God asks us to do, when we fall in love with his word, it brings joy to our life. It's what we talked about in the tree of life. I don't have to do this. I get to. It's a joy to be a part of this. The commands of the Lord are radiant, gives light, gives light to my eyes. I can see where I need to go. I, I see my next steps. I can see what's in front of me. I know which way to go. And then, and then notice this, that when we build our lives on the word of God, David says, 
the word of God, the commands, the statutes, the law of God, it's more precious than gold. And, and here's what I think he's trying to say is I would rather have the word of God than to have a bank account full of gold. I would rather have the word of God than have all of the money in Israel. I would rather have the word of God than the sweetest honey out there. I, I would rather have the word of God than my cupboard be full, I think is what he's saying. It's just so, it's that important to me. And when I, when I read your word, I'm warned by your word. It warns me about things. It speaks to me. It leads me. And he says, there's great reward when I build my life on the word of God. Come on, somebody. So here's what I want to encourage us with today. Talked about why we build our lives on the word of God, but what I want to do is I want to, I want to show you how. How do we build our life on the word of God? And, and I think the most important thing that we can do in this day and age, in our culture, and in our society, is we need to decide right now what is the authority of my life what's the authority of my life we need to decide that now because there will come a time when you have you you're going to be confronted with with wars that are waged against the word of god and do you believe the word of god and and and, and you're going to be asked oh so you you live by that and you need to pre-decide right now no 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 it's not just a book that i read it is the final authority on my life i live my life by it it is the standard it is what i live by as joshua said as for me and my house we will serve the lord we're going to serve god so so i want to show you today how to build our life on the word of god and there's a couple couple things in your notes there that you can follow along with me and the first one is this if we're going to build our life on the word of god then then we've got to put god's word first put god's word first so it's not just something i go to like man i've tried everything else let me see what the word of god says let me see here i'm going to go to the word first if i'm going to build my life on it it's got to be the first thing that i go to let me make it really practical put it first in your life every day what if it's the first thing that you do every day when you wake up in the morning so you get out of bed you don't check social media you maybe you don't check the the text messages or the amber alerts that you got or whatever it might be first thing you do you go to the word of god what does the word of god say to my life today and i want to give you a really practical step what that is the the one-year bible i've been doing this for years and and so um I've been able to read through the Bible several times over the last several years. And, and this is a great way that if you don't know how to get in the Bible to just read a psalm or maybe a proverb or a New Testament and Old Testament passage every day. And in one year, you will have read the whole Bible. And it's, it's powerful. And so I want to give you this opportunity. There's several of us on this plan. Right now, you just go to this link and, and it'll take you to a, a, a plan within the YouVersion Bible app. Join us there. Just get in the word. Let it speak to you. But more, more importantly, don't just read it. Let it read you. Let it read you. So we put God's words first. It's the first thing I do after coffee. The first thing that we do, right? All right, now, here's what happens, though. If we put God's word first, watch this. We put him first in his word. He's, he's got something for us. 
And that is, he's got direction for our lives. Oh, come on, somebody. He's got direction for us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He is a compass to direct our path. The Bible says in in Proverbs 3 that if we'll trust in him with all of our heart, if we won't lean on our own understanding, well, then what do we lean on? The word of God. If, If we'll acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will make our path straight. He'll direct our steps. And so he'll direct us. Psalm 32 says it this way, that I will instruct you. I'll teach you in the way that you should go. I'll counsel you. How? The word of God. That's how he does it. Some of us are still wanting a sign. We, we want God to speak to us. Oh, God, would you just speak to me? And he goes, I already did. It's, it's there. I spoke. So here's, here's the thing. When I, when I build my life on God's word, when I put him first, what happens is, His word instructs me on how to live a holy life. I don't know how to live a holy life apart from his word. His word makes it clear. His his word directs my steps. But the second thing he'll do is not just direction, but he'll give protection. Protection. How many of y'all want some protection in this day and age? Like, I, I, I want, I need it. I need him protecting me. I need him looking out for me. God's word is a safeguard for our lives. His word keeps us from stumbling. His word keeps us from wandering off the path. Psalm 119 says it this way, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What does that mean? He's lighting up all of the dark places, the places that I could stumble, the places that I could go off track, the places that I could, that that I might fall into temptation. He's lighting all of that up. He's protecting me through the word of God. But I gotta, I gotta put it first. It's gotta be priority in my life. So here's the way I kind of said it in your notes there is that God's word illuminates the dark places of my life. When I put it first, He illuminates things I didn't even know was there. I didn't even know that was an issue. I didn't know that was something I I was dealing with. And he protects me. But then number three, the third thing he'll do for you, I think, is is he doesn't just give you direction and protection, but also correction. Mm, This is the one. This is the one I don't think we like. I mean, we want God's direction. We want his protection. But don't you be telling me how to live my life. Now, don't you be telling me when I'm wrong. And I think part of that is like this attitude, of, a cultural attitude that we have today where people don't submit to authority anymore. Where, where it's just, you can't tell me what to do. I, I do whatever I want. I don't have to listen to you. You're not my boss. You're not my husband. You're not my whatever. And the, the truth is, there's, there's like this absence of, of authority in our culture. And and God is our ultimate authority. And when we get off track, he wants to correct us like a father and a mother correct their children. He wants to. And so I I didn't have time to give you this entire passage that I'm about to give you. But what happens, we go off course, right? We stray, don't we? We veer. We drift. And the word of God is an anchor. For us, so that when we start to drift, it pulls us back. We can't go too far because we anchored in the Word of God. We're anchored in what the, in the B I B L E, the book for us that we can 
build our life on. This, this scripture in Hebrews, I don't have all of it on the screen. All of it's in your notes. It says, uh, it says my child, don't shrug off God's discipline. And I think that's what our world does today, just shrugs off discipline. You can't tell me what to do. I'm my own person. I get to make my own decisions. I get to do whatever I want to. Don't be crushed by di- discipline. A lot of people, they're either, they shrug it off or they're crushed by it. I can't believe he told me that. It's terrible. It's the child that God loves. He's the one that gets disciplined. He loves us. One translation says he disciplines those he loves. Now, the message paraphrase says he, it's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he corrects. He says, don't go there. Come on, come on back. That's not the way for you. And, and he says, God is educating you. That's why you, you must never drop out. Don't quit. Don't stop. He's, he's treating you as dear children. And this trouble that you're in, this correction that you're experiencing, isn't punishment. No, no, no. It's training. He's training us it's what normal children experience. Normal children get experience. They, they experience. they experience this discipline in their lives. And he says, at the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. But later, of course, it pays off big time for it's the well-trained people. It's the people who've built their lives on the word of God that find themselves mature. In their relationship with God. And that's what we want. We want to build our lives on the word of God. So when, when people come to us and they say, well, I just don't, I mean, I just don't know if the word of God is true. Well, I don't know about you then. I just don't know about you. Y'all with me? Well, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know that the whole Bible isn't true. It can't be true. You're not true. Am I being too strong? Is it too strong? Oh, well, if you believe the word, of, if you believe the Bible is really the word of God, we've got a problem. We do. You're the problem. <laughs> it's the word of God. Now, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mean and rude. I've, I've given us a little bit of humor today, but really, we've got to act like this is what it really is. It's it's the authoritative word of God, infallible. And I remember growing up, uh, this Bible, I wouldn't put anything on it. I treated the Word of God with so much care and love and respect. I, w- I wouldn't stack papers on my Bibles. I wouldn't just toss my Bible around. This is the Word of God, and it has the words of life, and I love it. I need it. I, can, I need to consume it every day. I need to put it first. But then number two, we need to make God's Word our foundation. Make His Word our foundation. And I'll give you that last one. I skipped over it really fast there. But God's word indicates when I'm not living a holy life. All right? When I'm not living a holy life. But then number two is we need to make his word our firm foundation. It's it's a foundation. You know, you can bulldoze a house. But it's pretty tough to get that foundation up. I mean, it's dug deep. You might be able to knock some cinder blocks over. But you're not going to just pick up that whole slab. You can't just move the whole slab. That's why Jesus says, it's the wise man who builds his house on the rock. We've got to be that wise person that builds our house on the, on the rock. And we've got to make a decision right now. 
that this is our final authority. And I know sometimes in our culture, it feels like we're just tiptoeing around things. Well, I better not say that because they might get mad. Well, I, I, don't, talk too, don't, don't talk too loud about that because they might, they might get offended about that. We don't want to offend anybody. We, 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 be, we better not say too much. No, I think it's time that we plant ourselves on the word of God, that it is foundational for us. And we're not going to be tossed to and fro by the winds and the waves of culture and what happens in this world. We're going to take on that approach of Mr. Miyagi with Daniel's son. When he said, wipe on, wipe off. When the things of the world coming on, we're planted, everybody. We're planted. And I'm just, oh, fear, wipe off. Anxiety, wipe off. The world says the Bible's not true, wipe it off. No, I'm, I'm planted. I'm planted. I'm planted in the word of God. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to sway like the shift. I'm not going to be like the shifting sands. And so when, when life comes at you fast, you've got to know who you believe and who you trust in. And here's something that I believe wholeheartedly. That if you put God's word first and if you... Make him your foundation. If this is the, the, the foundation stone, the cornerstone of your life, this is what I believe, that he will make you flourish, that you will flourish in life. And I don't mean this, I don't mean prosperity gospel, I mean, I mean you're going to flourish. I don't mean we do this because, because he'll bless us. No, we do it because we're in love with him. And as a result of us being in love with him and putting his word first, and it's a foundation, we'll flourish. Psalm 1 says so. It says, blessed is the man. The, the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not going to bless the, the, the guy who's, who's just going from thing to thing to thing and, and trying all of these, like, like not, not putting him first. He's not going to bless the guy who stands in the path of sinners and, hey, let me try that. Hey, what? And, and, and you're just shifting sands. He's not going to bless the person who sits in the seat of the scornful, the scoffers who, who, you know, are just accusatory all the time. No. He wants to bless the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. He wants to bless the man who meditates on it day and night, who says, God, I trust your word. Your word is true. Your word is holy. Your word is awesome. Your word is powerful. I believe your word. I accept your word. I take your word as absolute truth. That's the kind of person he wants to bless. And when we do that, when we live that kind of life, it says we will be planted. Oh, we can't, we're not going to be moved. The, the waves of, of life, the things of life that come and go, we're going to be planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit. We're going to be a tree that brings forth fruit in its season. So, so we're going to bear fruit. And it's going to bless the people around us. Our leaves are not going to wither. And whatever we do will prosper. Whatever we do, God's going God's to prosper it. He's going to use it to make a difference in the world around us. He's going to use it to, to see life changed and hearts changed. He's going to use it for his glory. And I remember growing up in my little church that I, I talked about growing up in church earlier. 
I remember growing up, there was a woman in our church. Uh, she flourished. I'm telling you what, man. This, this lady, she had been through hell on earth. Uh, I didn't know a lot of her early story, but just through the years hearing a little bit about it. Um, she, she grew up knew in a, knowing, knowing about God, but didn't really have a relationship with God. And she, she, uh, she was promiscuous, had a couple abortions. Her first two marriages ended up in, in divorce because they were, they were abusive husbands. And her third husband came along and neither one of them were Christians. But somehow, some way, God witnessed to them and, and, and through, through co-workers and they gave their life to Christ. And it was the late 70s, gave their life to Christ, began a family, and they, they, built, they started building their lives on the Word of God. And, and I watched as this, as this family, they, they, they grew and they, they had children, and, and then later on in life, I mean, th this woman would consume the Word. She was a worshiper. I watched her in church just worship and build her life on the Word of God. Her third husband got sick later on in life. And in the middle of his sickness, terminal illness, she's building her life on the Word of God, trusting for healing, trusting that God's going to come through, never swaying, never, swaying, never, never faltering, never, never running away from God, but always running to Him. And her husband was healed, but not here. It was on the other side of glory. Later on, she gets married. And in her 50s, she begins to battle a terminal illness, and she didn't falter. She didn't run away from God. She kept running to God. She kept building her life on God. I'm trusting Him for healing. I'm trusting Him for victory. I'm trusting Him for breakthrough. I'm trusting Him for... I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm building my life on the Word of God. I watched her as she would pray and worship. Her life didn't start off well. But my mom's life ended well. She didn't start it perfectly, but she ended it the best that she knew how. Built on the Word of God. And that's what I want for you today. I want you to build your life. Not on the shifting sands, not on the things of this world, not on what's here today and gone tomorrow, but on the Word of God. I want to ask you today, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me and I want to give you an opportunity right now maybe if you're far from God or you're, maybe you've drifted from God I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ that's the first step to building your life on the word of God and I want you to ask yourself what's the Holy Spirit saying to me what's he whispering to my heart what's he speaking to me right now and if you're far from God and you don't have a relationship with God, you're distant from Him, you feel the weight of your guilt and your shame and your condemnation and all of the things of life, all of the past that's just weighing you down, it's time to get free. It's time to build your life on a firm foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. But you have to make a decision like my mom made. You have to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if that's you, I want you to do it boldly on the count of three. You're ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. One, two, three. Come on. 
Hey, come on, if that's you today, lift your hand this morning. I see you. Thank you. You feel the weight of your sin. Thank you. I see you. Your shame, the guilt. You want to come to Jesus. I see you in the back. Thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Come on, if that's you today, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart. You feel something leading you to make that decision. It's the best decision that you could ever make is to run to Jesus today. I see you. Thank you, sir. God sees you. He's proud of you. Anyone else, I see you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Hands everywhere. God's presence is here. He's moving in this place. Anyone else? Anyone else today? Awesome. Thank you. Hey, I'm going to lead us in a prayer today. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or embarrass you in any way. I just want you to pray this prayer with me. The Bible says that to be saved, all we have to do is believe in Jesus and confess that he is our Lord. And so I want to lead, lead you in this simple prayer of salvation. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. And, and maybe you didn't lift your hand today, but you need God to do the work in your life. If you pray this prayer and you mean it from your heart, God will do the work in your life today. So church, pray this in support of those who lifted their hands with me today. Say, Jesus, I'm running to you. I'm tired of the sin. I'm tired of the shame, the guilt. And so I surrender my life to you. All that I am is yours. I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that you died on the cross and you rose again to set me free. I step into that freedom today. I receive forgiveness. Live inside of me. Be my Lord. I submit my life to the Word of God. It is my foundation. I will build my life upon your Word. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church. Can we give Jesus all the praise this morning?